What would you do if God completely took you out of your comfort zone and placed you in a country where you didn't know the language, the culture, or even how to get around on the public transportation system? Well, that's exactly what happened to our guest on today's episode, our friend, Ashley. Ashley works with us here at WMU North Carolina, and she has quite the story of being called to serve overseas and share the gospel. Her story will inspire you and encourage you to step out in faith when God calls you. And we can't wait for you to hear a piece of her story today. As always, we are so glad that you're here with us, friends. Welcome to Beyond the Moment. Hi, friends. I'm Rebecca Lindhout. And I'm Amanda Martinson. And welcome to another episode of Beyond the Moment. This is a, a fun time that we have today because we are joined by one of our coworkers and friends, Ashley. Uh, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for doing this because you did this. Um, I'm not saying we twisted your arm. We slightly, <laughs> uh, we slightly nudged your arm. <laughs> Dragged me kicking. Come on. <laughs> That's not we my personality. Like slightly nudge. Yeah. <laughs> Throw an elbow. It was an encouraging uh, nudge elbow forward. That, that's, what it was. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are glad that you're here. And there's a reason why we wanted to have you on. Um, and we'll get into your testimony and let you share a little bit of things in the first few minutes. But um, I would love for you to tell people what you do here. So Ashley works with us here at WMU North Carolina. I like to say that Ashley is the one who keeps us straight around here because she's very detail oriented. She is the one who keeps things running smoothly behind the scenes. Um, she is the friendly, friendly voice that you get on the phone if you call because she has <laughs> a wonderful customer service experience. She'll probably tell you about that too. Um, <laughs> but tell everybody, um, Ashley, just as much as you want to share about what you do here, even maybe how you ended up here and, and sort of what, what you do here for the organization. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, the way I ended up here was very different than what I expected. It was a lot clearer than I thought. I was getting ready to start a seminary. So I was getting ready to start school again. And I had been on a break and I hadn't really had, I'd had a different kind of job. And so when I went to uh, apply for seminary, I was like, I need a job that's going to be part-time. I need a job that's going to be flexible, which is really hard to come by Mm -hmm. (laughs) these days. It's really hard. And so I randomly just started doing a job search. And within five minutes, I found a posting for an opening for an administrative assistant. Really? I, see, I didn't even know this. This is, oh, yeah, it was, it was very quick. And I felt that that was the Lord being like, well, yeah, so here you go. It was, <laughs> I've never found a job listing so quickly before in my life. So that's how I ended up here. Oh. And that is very sweet of you to say that I keep things running because that's not how I feel. I feel, <laughs> I mean, it. I feel chaotic and all over the place, but I am happy to answer phones. I am happy to see people walk in uh, anywhere that I can be of service. I'm happy to do it. She also well, endures my extrovert ch- check-ins a couple of times a day. It's like, you know what? You need those are you okay? Are you feeling loved and valued? That's it. That's, you know, you need that though. And I'm happy to give you that support that you need as an extrovert. Give her a raise <laughs> for that alone. <laughs> Ashley knows I am the, the voice of random in this office. 
and we love we, it. We all have our strengths in each of each of our areas. We we need that voice of random, just like we need the organization, right, Ashley? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you do you do have an essential job here because um, you're being very um, humble about what you do, which is wonderful quality. Um, but you really you really do handle like. All the what I say like the little fires are when they come up of like well so and so needs this or we need to get this out to this uh, church I mean like you really do a lot of that um, in addition of course to working with our church leaders with people that call with people that come by I mean you do a lot of different really you're in all the areas of ministry uh, in a lot of ways and so um, yeah you are you're essential here and uh, we really like having you around it's, and I actually we all like to talk um pop culture with each other so sometimes we need to debrief on the latest celebrity news so uh, oh yeah I'm here for that all with that too yeah all things Taylor and all things Taylor actually also handles all the things that give me like immediate like upset stomachs so <laughs> like calling people on the phone doing those kind of like I am an extrovert until it comes to the phone and then I'm like oh please someone someone help me I will <laughs> gladly, I will gladly make all those calls for you. No problem. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not me. But Ashley, we wanted to have you on for numerous reasons. Um, number one, uh, we love to have people on just to share some of their stories, some of their testimony, a little bit about how God's led them into like the different fields that they've worked in. And you have had some really cool experiences. And I'll let you share that in just a few minutes. But um I, get, I wanted to do a, a debrief beforehand. So we're, as we get into this and actually start sharing, like there's a reason why we didn't share your last name. I don't want people to think we just left that off. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be a little bit more broad in how we talk about where you uh, were serving overseas and the ways that you were sharing the gospel with people. Um, and she'll share a little bit about that in a few minutes, but I don't want you just to think we just completely left her last name off out of error. There's a reason why we're um, being a little bit more broad in talking about what um, Ashley did and she'll share some of that um, here in the next few minutes because um, Ashley has served overseas and has uh, shared the gospel um, in, in parts of Central Asia. And so she's going to share with us a little bit about that. And I would love for you too, as you're, as you're talking, to share some of your experience just in seminary, because like you mentioned, you're, you're a seminary, uh, seminary student um, and just like what that's kind of been like. So as much as you want to share, start us off with like just a little bit of your testimony. How did you end up um, there's a reason why I want you to share it because I know you were very adamant about I'm not going into <laughs> missions because you have a family history of yeah. um, missions and, and <laughs> ministry involvement. Like, yeah. You have a family history of missions. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from that stuff. It's like heart disease. <laughs> So, so, um, but tell, start sharing a little bit of like as much as you can and as much as you want to share about how you ended up serving overseas and, and what that looks like for you. And then we're going to, we'll get into some more like nitty gritty questions about, about it, but as much as you yeah. want to share. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like many people, I think, uh, it, at least in this part of the country, I grew up in a Christian household, which I loved. My parents were both wonderful role models. I grew up in a great church. And so growing up, I always knew that God loved me. That was very clear. I knew who God was. My parents, again, were just very good about uh, just let, teaching me and telling me that I was loved. 
But I think like a lot of people, the older I got, I started to realize I was like, oh, my parents have a little bit of a different relationship than I do. They were very good, I think, about explaining to me what that was like to have a personal relationship with Christ. And the older I got, the more I learned about sin and the more I learned about those things. And so when I was 11 years old, I felt the Lord uh, calling out to me and just opening my eyes to how sinful I was and how much I needed a savior. And so I was saved at 11, was baptized in the church. It was a great, it was just a great year. But also I feel like many people, uh, younger, maybe younger uh, Americans, I went through middle school and I went through high school and it was rough and I didn't make the best friends at times. I didn't make the best decisions. And so I was still trying to learn about what my relationship with God looked like, but I wasn't taking it very seriously. It was not, it was not the forefront of what I was focusing on. There were other things to focus on. There were friends, there were boyfriends, there were other things. Uh, And so when I left high school and started college, I think a lot of people have kind of a similar experience with that. I really started, my eyes were kind of open to, wow, like I've not been taking this relationship seriously. I had gotten depressed. I had just struggled with a lot of different sin things that towards the end of my high school year. And so going into college, the Lord really reached out to me again and like, just reminded me, you're the one who left. It was never me who left. And so I was, yeah, I was, I was very fortunate (laughs) in, in, in that. And I got involved with a great small group in college and was discipled and had all the wonderful things that you would ever hope for your kids. <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah. Yeah. I know you moms are probably worried about your kids and going off to college and I had a great, <laughs> oh, good. Had a That's, great hope. That's hope for the future. Thank you. <laughs> there is, there is. So, um, I, so I was really growing in my faith during college and part of that was my family had always been super involved with the local church and like my father had worked, you know, with a Christian organization. And so my family had just always really been involved with sharing the gospel with people. That was something that was demonstrated for me throughout my entire life. And so that wasn't a foreign concept to me at all. And so when I was in college, I decided that I wanted to, I wanted to serve during the summers. Like I wanted to serve God. That was something I felt like he was calling me to. So I served at a summer camp for three summers during college, which was wonderful. It was, it was just a chance for me to experience what it was like to share the gospel with people, to really just have a focus on talking about God and why he was important to me. And I got to teach that to high schoolers as well. So I was doing all of that while I was growing in my faith during college. So all of that was kind of coming together. And then I want to say that, that like, I was having a great time. <laughs> I, I was growing in my quiet times. I was learning how to pray. I was learning how to fast. I was getting to share the gospel with people, but it was, I think it was the summer before my senior year of college. I don't know if you guys ever felt this probably not I bet you guys had very clear callings and your path was very clear but I was never <laughs> assuming about us that we had our life together <laughs> well I, got... I always had my life completely together yes I am that kind of person 
Well, I went to my senior, right before my senior year of college, and I realized, oh man, like this is coming to an end. Like, I just can't have fun. (laughs) All my friends, I was a communication major. And so all my friends were sitting over here talking about these like really cool internships they were looking forward to and these like interesting jobs and like PR and like journalism and like all these great things that they were excited about. And I just could not relate. I was like, oh, does that sound fun? Like, does that sound like what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? And so that kind of happened the summer before my senior year started. And I was really kind of having an identity crisis. I was like, I have done four years of school and I loved my major. Like I learned great things and I still use it to this day, but I just, the idea of working for just this big corporation and just, it felt soul sucking. It was, it was not great. (laughs) And so I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, well, you know, you could just you know, serve the Lord full time, you know, like you could do that. That's a thing you could do. It seems like you really enjoyed these summers that you've been serving. You've really enjoyed your time at college kind of growing and, you know, you could just do that. And I guess my parents had done that growing up, but I didn't want to be the girl who was like, that's just the easy path. Like, of course, that's what you'll do because that's what you're good at. And like, that's what your family does. And it just, it felt, I but felt like you had a family history it, on. it did and I I just I didn't want to live in anyone's shadow I didn't want to do something just because people wanted me to do it mm-hmm. like I really was obsessed with this needed to come from God and so she said that and I laughed it off and I was like yeah okay whatever um <laughs> I have serious problems to solve here like this is it's not serious help me here (laughs) I feel like I need a serious suggestion um but as as God does he uses people and so he used her I think to really start pushing like Mm -hmm. pushing me in that direction so my first couple months of school I I just decided I was earnestly gonna pray about it and so I was like Lord, if this is what you want me to do, I need you to kind of like help out because I don't know what I want to do. This seems like a cop out for some reason. And that was something that I think the Lord really worked on when I was, when I was going through this time of processing is I think helping me come to the understanding that people's callings look really different. And so my calling to serve was going to look really different from other people's callings. And just because my calling was boring or what I, I thought it was boring, I kind of like, I, I used to think my testimony was really boring. I was like, this just isn't, it, it's not like other people's, but I think God really worked on just helping me understand that sometimes it's easy or not even easy, but just clear. I think clear is a better word. Sometimes there's just a clear path and the obstacle was me. I was the obstacle. <laughs> there wasn't outside forces that were the obstacles to my calling. I, I was the problem. It was me. And so that I think was the Lord really worked in that my first semester of my senior year. And I just, that is so good. Yeah. It just makes me think as you're talking, Ashley, like that, I think like so many of us feel like that, even getting to the point where you're in college and you're thinking, oh, this is about to end. Like, I, like this is, you know, I'm getting ready to go into a whole different season of life, uh, a whole different world really than what I've known. Like, is this really 
that question or that even doubt that sometimes we have there of like, is this really what I'm going to do? And then, and like you said, I mean, we want to make that calling so hard of like, because we want it to look like everybody else's. And it's like you said, everyone's is so different in the way, even that he speaks to us and confirms it and all that. So like, I, I just think so many of us struggle with that, where we, we aren't a hundred percent sure sometimes, or, or we, we know when something's not right. That might be the easier way to say, like, like we know, we know when something is missing. And I think that's probably what you were feeling. It's like, I, okay, I can go and do this, but something here is, is missing from what, um, from what I'm wanting to do. Like it's, I feel like something, there's a piece of the puzzle that is not there yet, you know? And I think a lot of us will feel like that sometimes. I think sometimes people are afraid, more afraid of walking through the wrong door than the door that, that they know is, is right. Yeah. Um, I know Tony Campolo, when, when I was in college, spoke, spoke to my missions group. Um, and he said, so many college students today are praying about God, show me the door that I should walk through. And he said, there's lots of doors, try lots of doors. He said, some of, uh, uh, one of the doors is going to be the right one. He said, but don't be afraid to choose the wrong door. Cause you learn something from wrong door experiences. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a just right now door, you know, it's a for now and not for later door. Um, so, yeah, I think that some people are just so scared that this is going to be the rest of my life and I might be choosing wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in fact, God allows us a lot of freedom and a lot of a lot of room to move in our lives. Absolutely. That's how I felt for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I think I, I really I was I was the barrier to my <laughs> to, to my calling because it just. Hi. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting on it. I, knew, <laughs> I thought she was going to do it earlier when you said that you were the problem. I was, I literally looked at her and I was like, she's going to do it. And then, and she didn't. So <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Obvious. Yeah. So how does God take a girl from North Carolina and pluck her over in Central Asia? Walk us through how you end up there and what that process was like for you yeah so so once I finally surrendered to I think this is what God wants me to do I I really took the approach of I just need to come very open-handed because it was hard enough for me to decide yeah I think I want to go overseas like that was hard enough uh so the next (laughs) next process was lots of people had opinions oh my goodness Mm -hmm. everyone like as soon as they find out you're going overseas one everyone thinks you're some kind of superhero and that's just not true at all (laughs) so everyone has opinions they're like you should go do this or like have you heard of this or like I know someone who did this like everybody has opinions and they mean the best like Mm -hmm. they're so excited for you and they really in their minds they're really trying to help you Uh, but sometimes it can just feel really overwhelming so I just came into it very open to possibilities of, of whatever the Lord was going to do with me, he was going to do. So that was helpful when I was getting assigned and when I was picking, like going through jobs and like, what do I want this to look like for the next two years? That was super helpful because part of my story is 
I thought that I, I picked a place. I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going to be. And it was good. Like when I was there, it was good, but I was only there for three months. And then I got completely plucked up and placed somewhere else in the world. And that ended up being really good. And so that was just, that was so essential for me. Once I had surrendered to my calling was that not only was surrendering a big part, but continuing to surrender was a huge, a huge lesson to learn because it's one thing to, to accept up front that this is what you're going to do, but you have to continue to submit yourself because it's not going to go your way. <laughs> nothing, nothing serving God ever goes your way. That's a sermon. That's there's a, there's a sermon topic. <laughs> so that was plan. God's got a different way. Absolutely. And again, his way was better than mine. Now, I definitely did not feel that at the time. I was very adamant that my way was the best way, but that is that's not the case. And I think once once I learned to just hold things a little more loosely, I really, I really got to experience God's plan. And that was, that was so much better than anything I'd ever dreamed of. Because if I just kept holding on to mine, it would not have gone. <laughs> it would not have gone smoothly. It would not have gone the same way. Yeah. Are you allowed to say, Ashley, what, what program, or could, could we say that it's through the IMB? Could we just, could we say that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, I did. Yeah, I did uh, a two-year program. Uh, which is designed for people who've just graduated college. So it's perfect for me. People who are unsure about if this is full-time or maybe this is just a season, but they want, they really feel called to serve. Mm -hmm. So I did a two-year program um, that is supported by all of our churches. So thank you, churches who support. <laughs> Ashley, in choosing to do this IMB program that that you went through, um, there was a discernment process in that and, and, it's you discerning if this is what I want to do. And it's also them discerning whether you are the person for the, for the places that they have. Um, was there anything that they, that they gave you that was, was a help or any instruction that they gave you that was a help in that, in that discernment process? Yeah. So if anyone is interested in serving overseas, it, wow, I have no words for the process of just applying and then interviewing with people. It was, it was so helpful when it came to discernment because they give you so many things to pray through and so many things to think through. And when they're asking you or like, or when they're, when they're really asking you to think about what it would look like to, to uproot your life and, and live somewhere else it's just, it's a good time to really just like pull out anything that, that you're struggling with is going to get pulled out. So like, if I'm leaving my comfort zone and I'm struggling with certain sins, or like if I'm struggling with these certain disciplines that I'm, that I'm not strong in, like, it's really going to pull all of that out. And so when you're talking with people, when you're going through this process, they're really asking you good questions because they care about your, your health. They care about your relationship with God because it's going to get tested. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's so important when you're going through this process that you're going through it with other people so that you can talk through that. And that was, that was 
I grew so much <laughs> in my faith just going through this application process just because it asked me to really honestly evaluate some things in my life that that needed to be that needed to be addressed if I was going to completely leave my comfort zone and go somewhere where spiritual warfare is very real and is felt a lot more strongly than it does when I'm surrounded by my family and my friends and my church. So yes, it's, it's very, it's a very helpful process when you're going through and talking with people about what it's going to look like to serve, because they really, they just really want to make sure that you understand what that looks like, but in a loving and caring way, because they've been there (laughs) and they know, but they know what it's going to be like. I think you said something so important just now, Ashley, and talking about being out of your comfort zone. Talk a little bit more about that, because I think a lot of times we we know in our minds, okay, following following God's call, what he has planned for us, it's not going to be easy, right? We know that in our heads, but really in our hearts, we want it to be comfortable. Like we don't really want to be pushed or to be, you know, a lot of us don't want to be pushed really out of our comfort zone. And you were thrown out of your comfort zone like into completely new cultures new new language I mean you learned a new language so like talk a little bit about that like what when you're first getting there you're first arriving there and is there is there a moment of um even like oh gosh it's real now like what what steps do you take in like just piece by piece of just pulling yourself out of that comfort zone of like, I'm completely immersing myself in something that is completely different than what I know, you know, and know that I'm, and like you said, your family is on the other side of the world. And I just would, I just would be interested, like, what, what is that like to really be pushed out of your comfort zone like that? And why should we, why should we push ourselves out of our comfort zone really? You know? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, it is so hard to describe just the complete vulnerability you feel. Cause I, I landed on the field and I was in, I lived in two different countries and both of those countries did not have a lot of English speakers. So that was, I, I lived in neighborhoods where nobody spoke English <laughs> or if they did, it was not helpful English. So it's, it's just so Culture shock, I think, happens to people differently. I I figure I'm very fortunate and that I had my breakdown very early on. So like my second night there, I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, I'll, I don't know if I can do this for two years. You got a plane ticket right on back. <laughs> yeah, but that was good because that was like, it was it was early. I was tired. It was, it was just what a lot. What have I done? <laughs> and it was right before I went to bed and I was like it'll be fine tomorrow like I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be great and it'll be fine so everybody has a freak out which is completely normal and it's gonna happen but something that I think was so hard to describe to people and I would try to so hard but it's just the complete reliance that I had to have on other people to Mm -hmm. do anything so I can't go to the grocery store by myself I don't know how to pay bills I don't know how I I don't know how to use the bus system so like I need to go visit someone I don't know how to use the bus system Mm -hmm. it's just it's a complete 
vulnerability. And I think it's, it's interesting because I knew in my mind going overseas that I was going to have to rely on God. Like I knew that, like that was something that was preached to me. That was something I knew in my head, but it was almost clearly reflected in my reliance and other people was almost a great metaphor as well Mm -hmm. for how much I needed to rely on God. Mm -hmm. Because I think when we're in our comfort zones, it's just so easy to build our little world around us. Like we are just so content that, and, and we, especially here in America, we just have everything that we need. Like I, I can completely build a world for myself that I enjoy. That's all for me. And I'm just completely comfortable in it. But when I was placed outside of that, it really just kind of opened my eyes to just how much we build around ourselves. Like we've been gifted this world and God wants us to enjoy it. But I had really just built an entire universe almost around myself. And then when I stepped outside of that, I was like, I can't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're literally outside of your own bubble in a sense, like, you know, I mean, yeah. And that, and that we're all so guilty of doing that where we, we just sort of built in these like levels of comfort around us that feel um, so nice to us. And then you strip all of that away. And, and like you said, just having to rely on people for the most basic of things um, and that, that vulnerability piece to it. I think that's huge being able to be vulnerable like that, you know? Well, and I think it also clearly pointed out to me just the, the areas in my life that I had made myself more important than God is because if I can sit here and I can take care of myself, I don't need God to take care of me. Or if I can entertain myself, like, why do I need to spend time with God? Or if I can do all of these things, you know, why was he important? And that's not something that I think I would have easily said that I did, you know, when I, in college, that's, I was, I was working on my relationship. I was growing in a lot of areas. Like I was doing well, but just really being forced to reckon with, oh no, like I have made so many things in my life more important than God. And then when it's just like reflected right there in front of you, it's very painful (laughs) in a way, but it was just such a good, it was just such a good opportunity to really rely on God in ways that I really hope to continue to carry with me throughout my life because, you know, you fall back into habits and you know, we are sinful, so I'm never going to be perfect. And I'm always going to fall back into these patterns, but I'm always hoping to just remember how helpless I felt (laughs) and how much I really, I really need God. Like everything is great and dandy until something goes wrong. And then you really are forced to be like, I am, I, I control nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Would you be able to share, um, uh, what, you did there in terms of um like for work like what your what your role was there while you were serving in your job and um because I think that's really important like like what like the work that you were able to do while you were over there and how neat that was that that was a part of um you being able to experience that too so it, as much as you can share um with us tell us about like what what you did while you were there yeah so many places now if you go to serve it's so important to be able to really embed yourself in a community because that's how I mean that's how you're going to meet with people and so in a lot of jobs 
you really have to have like a job <laughs> or something that's going to help you help you implant yourself into a community. And so for me, that was teaching English. There was a community center that was set up. A lot of us, all the Americans <laughs> worked at this community center. And that was a big draw for people because a lot of people do want to learn English. So that's, that is a skill that you have is like, even though you really didn't work for it, you have valuable knowledge, which is English. So I, I learned how to teach English, which is another skill that I never thought I would have to do. And that was super valuable, but that was how I really kind of introduced myself into this community. And that was so important because when you're going to share the good news with someone, they need to be able to trust you because God works in a lot of different ways. And there are absolutely people who hear the gospel for the first time, immediately believe and accept. Like there's instances in that in the Bible where that, that happens. And that's true. But in the place where I was serving, that is a very rare occurrence. A lot of times it requires years of trust and relationship building and just the work is a little slower. So it was just so important for me to be able to just really become part of the community that I lived in so that people knew who I was and they trusted me. And so when I was sharing my testimony with someone, they cared about that because they care about me. And so if this is something important that's happened to you, I want to hear about that. And so that was kind of what that work looked like. It was a little different, I think, than I had anticipated. It's a little slower and a lot more frustrating. Um, people are very frustrating, no matter what culture you're in. <laughs> Universal, really, is what you're saying. <laughs> right. everybody, everyone has problems, you know. Um, but that was just, that was the kind of work that I got to do. As I got to be a teacher, in a sense, which also just gave me access to people in a way that I wouldn't have had if I was just some tourist who was walking around for, for two or three days. It was just a very different and more intimate relationship that I was able to build with people. And again, the, just, the work is a lot slower. And so that was really important for me to understand too, is that I wasn't going to be able to meet with someone one time share my testimony, like, bam, something was going to happen. It was, it was a lot slower. It was me wrestling with people, them asking questions, being like, well, I thought we believe the same thing. And me being like, mm, but we really don't though. <laughs> like, it's very different. And just having to like really dig into the minutia of that. And it was just, it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be, but it was just so rewarding because relationships are rewarding in their own sense. Like God created us to be relational human beings. And so getting to serve in that way is also just a reward in itself. I love that. I, um, what I'm curious about is um, going from being a very strong, independent, smart young lady. Um, what was it like for you to go into a very patriarchal society um and how did you how did you feel like you you fit in in that in that culture yeah I think I think people struggle with that in different ways I think I was fortunate enough to have just have the mentality of one I knew I was only going to be there short term so anything that like truly frustrated me I could get through it by being like it's just short term but not everyone has that luxury you know some people are called for life so that's different. I think it's, that's a really good question, Becca. <laughs> I'm trying to be very thoughtful with, with how I honestly reflected that because there were times where I was frustrated. 
but that's cultural in a lot of ways. And so some of it was just me culturally having to be like, well, this man's not going to talk to me. And honestly, that was fine. You know, like I didn't need to talk to everyone in the room. So it was just a change of mindset in the sense of it is a more patriarchal society. And so I needed to look for women in different ways. Like I wasn't going to find women in the same way that I was going to find them here in America. Like I needed to go to different places. I needed to think kind of a little differently, but that was good. That was a good growing experience to be like, well, this is just a different culture. So I'm going to have to go to different places. I'm going to have to approach things a little differently. It does weigh on you sometimes because I did have one friend who was kind of wrestling, I think, with Islam a little bit because she was a very independent person and was like kind of growing and like getting educated and like really learning in these other areas of her life. And she was just really struggling with the fact that a lot of a lot of Muslim families are very harsh on women and it's very restrictive. And so that was something that she was really struggling with. And actually the gospel is really good for that. Like I could talk about how Jesus treats women and Jesus treats women with respect. The first person he reveals himself to truly is a woman. And so it's just, it was, I had the tools to deal with anything that I was struggling with, even things that I didn't expect, like the patriarchy, like the Bible speaks to that. <laughs> like Jesus loves and respects women. And so I was able to walk her through passages that proved that, that maybe, you know, Islam doesn't really have those same passages. Like it doesn't speak in that same way to women. And so that was a, a way that I had to take my frustration without sometimes and be like, well, there's a reason that I'm here to deal with that. And it's because maybe that person that I was speaking to, my friend, like she really was struggling with that too. And I was able to relate to her on that and then offer her some hope uh, because I know that my God, you know, loves me and values me as a woman, which is something that her religion was not sharing with her. And so that was just a moment that you just have to, you have to adapt. You have to be like, you know, maybe I do live in a culture that doesn't want me to look people in the eyes, but you know, I get to, I, I still have really good experiences with people and I'm able to share in ways that I didn't expect I'd be able to share in. It was an opportunity to plant a seed. Absolutely. Talk about what life was like coming home because you're, you're there for a couple of years. You're immersed in this culture. You're, you're living life as if you were here. You're making friends, you're building relationships. You are um, creating community. And then you come back home here. What is that? What is the talk about the transition process of coming back um, from serving? And then what do you do with that experience moving forward? How does it affect your ministry work now? Because you've done this, this, you've had this experience. It's still, it's still with you all the time. You're, you still have relationships with people that you met over there. You're still maintaining friendships and all of that. So how does that work coming back here? And, and what do you, what do you do when you get home? I think a lot, cause I think a lot of people don't think about that in terms of <clears throat> people going onto the field and then coming back and what that transition process is like. Um, so talk a little bit about like what what's that experience like when you're when you're coming back home and your feet land back on this on this side of the world where do you go from here what do you do with that yeah that is something that I think is really hard for people who have served overseas to try and explain to someone because it's almost as hard as 
as leaving is coming back because people are, <laughs> it's all, honestly, it's very similar in some ways to the experience of leaving because people really mean the best. Like they come up to you and they want to, to hear all about your time and they want to, they want you to share and they want you to do all of these things. But a lot of times I think for people who have served overseas, it just feels very, not shallow, but it kind of feels that way because someone will ask you, well, how was your time? And like, that's it. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to encapsulate years of work. Into, yeah. Like yeah. I don't know how to, you yeah. know, yeah. capture every high and low that happened, you know, for my two years there. And so I think one, when people have asked me specific questions, that has been amazing. And like, so like if someone came up and asked me, oh, well, like, tell me about one of your friends that you had over there. Like, that was a great way for me to really share some of the ways that God had been using me with that friendship. And so, but we don't really get a lot of those questions. <laughs> it's, it's very general. And so it can feel kind of isolating, I think, at times, because people aren't as patient with you when you come back. And that that is very different because when you go overseas, everyone is patient with you. Like you're the foreigner, you know? You're, you're, you're the one who's, who's struggling with culture shock. And, you know, they're very, they, they extend you a lot of grace. They're, they're very kind and nice. But when you come back, people expect you to hit the ground running immediately because you're home. Like this is where you grew up. Like you should be in your element. Like, what are you talking about? You need some time. It's just, it's, it's harder for them. I think to comprehend that you're just living in two very different cultures. And I know for me personally, one of the hardest things was I, I experienced this a lot. It's not just, it, it wasn't just my overseas time. I experienced this in many different areas of my life where I, really, really have a period of growth in my life. So like, whether it be college, whether it be, you know, serving at a summer camp, whether it be going overseas, I have a period in my life where I really grow and I, I develop good habits and I really just strengthen that relationship with Christ. But then I come back to what I was before and it's just, it's jarring. Like you're not in that same space anymore. And so trying to take what you've learned and apply that to the new environment or the old environment, yeah, a lot of times it's just the old environment the old environment that you're back in can be really hard I think for a lot of people because all these skills that you've developed that were super useful for the culture that you were living in are really not so useful anymore because Americans are really different from the people that you were serving with and so that I think is one of the hardest things is just learning how to take the growth that you had and apply it to your old environments which is, again, something I never anticipated having to, like, you never think about that when you're getting ready to serve. You're like, oh, I'm, you're all focused on, on the new people, the new culture, but it's really hard to focus on what does that look like when you come back to your old culture and what that what looks is, like. What is, your, what is your mission field now? You yeah. Know, mm -hmm. Your mission field has changed so much, so, so dramatically. Yeah. Um, I have one more question, and um it's not an easy question to ask um, without it seeming politically charged, but I don't mean it this way at all. But um, as Americans, we have a lot of um, ideas about what Muslim people are like and mm -hmm. a lot of stereotypes. Um, and, and there you went living amongst the people. What, what is something that you would like to share about um, the culture that you lived in 
that might surprise or um, enlighten people about just uh, Muslim people in general? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> You're right. I think Americans do have a, a big urge. They just, they've been fed a lot of information. So they have this picture in their mind. And I think something, and again, I'm not trying to get correct or political because as soon as you open your mouth about a huge topic, everyone has opinions on it. I would just say that I think something important that I needed to remember when I was serving Muslim peoples was that Islam, the religion, and Muslims, the people, are very different. And I think that's, in reality, that can be said a lot about Christians and, and Christianity. <laughs> that can yeah. be said for a lot of religions, I yeah. think. Because as part of my training, I learned a lot about Islam. Like I read a lot of, you know, literature about it. And I really kind of, you know, as much as I could, again, I'm very, I'm not at all as knowledgeable as I should be, but I learned a lot about it. But I quickly discovered that a lot of people don't, didn't even know what I knew. Like I'm someone who's learning about their religion as an outsider. And I know things that they, they don't even know. And so that was a really important lesson, I think, for me to learn is that just because someone is attached to this religion, that doesn't mean that they embody all of the beliefs of that religion. And so that was that was a good lesson, I think, for me to learn and just really keep at the forefront of my mind when I was talking to people is I was really, I was having to discover what they as a person believed. Like I couldn't even put like, like there were some things that you can apply to people because just like Christians, like you grow up in a, in a culture. And so culturally, you know, you, you believe these certain things and you grow up doing these things. So that absolutely applied, but I really had to get to know the person and where they were at in their spiritual beliefs. Cause that was, that was more important than just applying general, like a typical, like Muslim would believe this. Cause I didn't know they could, they might not. And so that was, that was important for me. And I think something else that I, I just, I really loved about the people that I worked with is they were so kind and open to difference in a way that it's just, it's just not the case here in America. They were thrilled to hear about what I thought about things. They, and they didn't take it as like, if I believe something different than them, it wasn't like an affront on their beliefs. It was like, oh, that's interesting. Why? Like, why do you believe that? You know, what, what, why is that different from what I believe, you know? And so they were just so open to discussion and in some ways, that's really good because that means that I get to have these conversations with them. I get to share ideas, but it was also challenging because just because they're open to discussion doesn't mean they're open to changing their minds. And so that also is very different and something that I really had to pray through is I'm getting to have these really great discussions that I probably really couldn't have with Americans. So I'm, I'm having a great opportunity here, but I also still have to be really prayerful about what the end goal of these conversations is. And so- How can you bring it out of the theoretical? <laughs> yes. So they, they're a lot more open than I think people would imagine they are. And they're just so friendly. I, I just, if I was lost, I was not going to stay lost. If I came into someone's home, I was going to leave well-fed. So there's just so many wonderful things about them as a people that I really miss. And we're just such a delight to be able to experience. 
I think that's a, a great perspective that we need the reminder ourselves to do that, that we can't always just take someone or something at face value, but, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about building those relationships and about, and, and that's something that we can do in our everyday life. When we are living on mission, that is something that we can do is building, building those relationships with people in your own community. And it's like you said, it's not, sometimes evangelism works like that where it's instant and it's a connection you make and, 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 you know, that happens. But more often, it's relationships that we're building with people. It's the life that we're creating. Like, you know, we're we're sharing life together. We're sharing stories, and we're sharing, um, you know, those those parts of our lives. And that's building on that community that I think you spoke so wonderfully about earlier. Um, and I love to just as as we wrap up. I was thinking earlier about you talking about the work being slow, and I think that is just a good. Rem- it's just another good reminder to us that um, the fruits of our labor are not always instant, you know, and in, in, in mission work, in ministry, just in everyday life. I mean, the things that we're, we're putting our hands to that the work is, is slow sometimes. And I think that that's an encourage that I say that from a place of that's encouraging. It's like for us to stay in that work when sometimes we feel like we're not seeing the results that we want to, we're not making the difference that we think we're supposed to make. Um, I think those are really strong, important reminders for us, you know, as, as we, as we're doing what God has called us to do. I thought about um, one thing that I would love for you, if you don't mind answering one last question for us. And you've talked a little bit about this, um, but just as you were even uh, even answering, um, we were talking, talking about Becca's questions just a few minutes ago. I would love to know what you would say to someone who, going back to the beginning of your story and feeling that call on your life, what would you say to the person who's afraid to say yes who knows that they're supposed to be doing something more. I know this is a hard, can be a challenging question mm-hmm. to answer. Um, but just from your perspective, your experience, what you have experienced in your own ministry work, in your own life, the life experiences you've had, what would you say to someone who's like, I feel like there is something more that I am missing, but I'm afraid to take that step. What would you say to them in terms of not being afraid to follow God's call? Yeah. That is, it's a really hard question. <laughs> I like to save the hard ones for last. I know. Well, and I think what's hard about it is that it's so different for every person, but I think maybe two things. So one, I, and someone told this to me before, and I always just thought it was just a really, a, a really smart way and just a really thoughtful way to look at it is there's nothing wrong with taking small steps. So if, if you're feeling like God is pushing you in this big direction, but it feels like super big, there's nothing wrong with taking some small steps in that direction. Especially if you're still, if like you're praying through that and you're wrestling with that, as long as it's not just a a complete rejection (laughs) of what God is asking. I think taking small steps can be really beneficial to someone who's, who's, feeling that they're being called to something and then I and I think something else that for me was helpful is there's if you're ever feeling like God is calling you to something but you're scared to do it or you're feeling like I'm not sure if that's the case there's always something in the root of you that is preventing you from that that's that's causing that fear so whether it be financial whether it be I'm worried about what people are going to think 
or whether it be like parental concerns, like what are my parents going to think about this? Or there's something, or, or even just this doubt of like, I don't think I'm capable of doing that. Like there's always something in us that is, that's, that's putting up that block. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so important to really talk about that with someone. So with me, I had to talk to my friend and I was like, I don't know why this feels like a cop out. Like, that's what it felt like to me is it just felt like this is the path that's been laid out for me. And it feels too easy. Like, it feels like I'm walking into something that maybe is not, it's not hard. So therefore it's not it's not right. And so I really need to dialogue that with someone. So whatever it is for people, I think it's important to identify that and then talk it through with someone because they're going to be able, that's why we have the fellowship of believers is someone's going to be able to, to address that with you and really help you work through that. And so I think those two things are just super important when you're making big life decisions, (laughs) serving the Lord is that it's okay to take some small steps. And also it's really important to dig to the root of any resistance that you're feeling with that. That was a great answer. Look at that. <laughs> Don't know where it came from. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with feeling like your path has been laid out for you. Like Jesus's path was pretty clearly laid out for him. So you're following in great footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, struggled, but he did struggle too, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, if Jesus struggled with his call, why would we think that ours would be without struggle? Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing this. I know, I know you were like a little apprehensive about coming on and just, tr- sh- I don't know what to share. You've shared so many like great nuggets, like even things that I'm going to remember. Like, I, I needed that reminder that the work is slow and that like, I mean, I need, I needed that like personally. So, um, so I just think you, you have, you have such wisdom, Ashley, like, I mean, I just in knowing you and just your, I mean, I know <laughs> you really, you really do. You, you really do have such a mature faith and, and mindset in, in things. And, um, I can't wait to see what God has in store for you next. And I just, I mean, we both just really, really appreciate you and the work that you do here and, and, just the work that you're doing across the board because you do a lot of other things as well but um thank you for coming on and just sharing with us and just giving us great reminders and also just a a different perspective of loving people serving people and and what that looks like in terms of even us applying that to our own um you know like becca was saying earlier our own personal mission fields that we have so thank you for coming on and, and doing this with us we really appreciate it Oh, thanks for having me. It didn't come from me. Don't know where it came from. (laughs) I think I know where it came from. (laughs) Well, we uh, really appreciate you listening uh, in on this episode, friends. We are going to take a little bit of a brief break from the podcast. We'll be back um, just a little short break. We'll be back in August with some new episodes. But um, Becca and I both are getting ready to head out on some vacation and we'll be out for a little bit. So we're going to We're going to take our own advice from the mom burnout episode that we did on the last podcast and take a little bit of a breather. (laughs) Um, And so we'll be back, though, um, shortly here within the next month with um, some new episodes and stuff for you. But Ashley will be here to answer all of your phone calls and questions. (laughs) 
Of course, yeah. If you have any questions, my my chipper little voice will, will answer the phone. It is chipper. It is. It's it's all the years in customer service. Like, and she has a background in customer service. You can tell when she answers the phone. You can tell she she is so cool, calm, and collected about things, especially when things go wrong. She's like, everybody, it's fine. It's fine. And we're like, it's not fine, but it's things fine. Things that give me hives, literally give me hives. She's like, oh, this is no problem. I, I, I work for a call center. I was going to say, <laughs> work in a call center for two years. It will take away all your phone anxiety. It's all gone. <laughs> all right. We got to sign up for that. <laughs> all right. Thanks, friends. Thanks, Bye. Ashley. We'll see you next time.